Alright, and welcome to episode 2 of the Mile High Memories podcast. I'm Mike Toto, and I am going to continue on with um, a recap of the 1997 Denver Broncos. I did uh, episode 1, was part 1, part 1 of the Broncos 1997 season, which culminated in their Super Bowl victory in Super Bowl 32 over the Packers, and this is going to be part 2, and I want to spend a little bit more time going through the playoffs. I kind of spent time throughout the entire season going through the season in episode 1, in depth, and I got up to uh, really spend a time on the Broncos' victory over the Jaguars, and now I want to go back and take a look at the rest of that playoff run, and um, obviously the Super Bowl. So, as we get into it today, again, this uh, podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is a great app, great website. It's a free podcasting. So, um, I want to give a little shout out to Anchor and um, their uh, their help in setting the podcast up. And once again, the format is basically kind of going back in history of the Broncos, um, moments, seasons, memories, and also including some of my own personal thoughts and experiences of of reliving some of those um, great moments uh, in Broncos history. So now, the Broncos defeated the Jaguars in the AFC wildcard game in 1997. Um, They got their revenge from a year earlier. They beat the Jaguars pretty pretty easily at home, 42-17, and it set up a rematch with the Chiefs. The third game, the rubber game of that season. I uh, remember the Broncos and Chiefs split during a regular season, but the second game was in Arrowhead uh, and in the middle of the season, and the Chiefs beat the Broncos on a last-second field goal by Pete Stojanovic, a 54-yarder, um, to beat the Broncos and essentially win the division for the Chiefs in the AFC West that year. Chiefs finished 13-3, and Broncos finished 12-4. and So now Denver's a wild card. And now in the division around this set, they have to head back to Kansas City in Arrowhead, which is always a tough place to play to take on the number one seed Chiefs who had a bye. What was interesting about that was on Divisional Weekend 1997, that game, the Broncos game against the Chiefs, was set for the last game of the weekend. It was the Sunday 4 o'clock game, the late game on NBC. And it really was the best game. It was the most anticipated game uh, of that weekend. You had the Saturday afternoon games where... The early game was the uh, the Steelers hosting the Patriots, and when the Steelers won 7-6 in a game that nobody really felt like either team looked like a Super Bowl team after that. Um, as the game actually progressed, the Steelers ended up winning the game 7-6. They held on late to advance the AFC title game. The late game on Saturday was the Niners, uh, who were the one seed that year in the NFC. They easily handled the Vikings to advance. And then on Sunday, the early game was in Green Bay, um, the Packers took took care of business over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who were kind of like the young upstart team. Um, but again, nothing that every, I mean, the game that everybody was looking forward to was the Broncos Chiefs in our head in a rematch. Probably the two best teams in the AFC. It was like a head to weight battle. So it was kind of cool how the week and the weekend broke down. And that was like the final game of the weekend that everybody could really look forward to. Um, and it was the best game of the weekend, bar, bar none. Um, as far as my perspective, again, I was a freshman in college. I was up at Sacred Heart. I was home for the winter break. I was um, just sitting at home at my parents' house in Long Island. I had worked at a liquor store around that time and during the holidays when I would come home. And I remember just listening to the radio, listening to the Mike and the Man Dog show, any sports talk radio show I could listen to, and just kind of thinking about the game all week long and the quiet buildup to that game as... You know, as the week goes on, the intensity, the stress level all builds up to that game. And um, one of the things that 
you know, I remember is just like kind of being like excited, but that nervousness of just like, man, this is going to be a war. You just knew it. It was going to be the best game of the weekend. You knew it was going to be a great game. And you knew it was going to take everything the Broncos could to go in there and win that game. When the game kicked off, it actually was a pick em. So Vegas started really giving giving the Broncos a lot of um, a lot of credit, especially the way that they buried the Jaguars uh, the week before. I think a lot of people thought Denver was probably the better team, pound for pound. But um, it was a pick 'em though heading into the game in Arrowhead on a really cold, thirty degree day, overcast, icy, windy, just you know a, a totally tough environment. Um, what I remember from the game was. The Broncos dominated the first half. They were up 7-0. Um, they got a touchdown in the second quarter from Terrell Davis. Um, but they really, it was just like a territorial game. Teams would move the ball a little bit, punt, move a little bit, punt. The Broncos move the ball a little bit more, punt, play field position, couple mistakes a little bit early on uh, from either team. But it was 7 nothing and a half on Terrell Davis' touchdown, and you kind of felt like, all right, you know, like this is going to just be a battle. Um by the end of the third quarter, I think it was like the last play of the third quarter, um, the Chiefs scored. Um, Elvis Gerback, who was the quarterback at that in, in that game, hit Tony Gonzalez for a touchdown pass um, to make it 10-7. Um, when the Broncos got the ball back, they quickly retaliated in the fourth quarter. And that was a famous Elway hit McCaffrey on a crossing route. And McCaffrey on a crossing route for 43 yards down to like the one. It took three tries, but finally Terrell Davis scored with about 12 minutes to go um, from the one-yard line. It was 14-10 Denver. So they answered the touchdown right back, um, and now they got to hold on. Um, and basically that's what they did. The uh, the infamous moment in that in that last part of the um, – or early part of the fourth quarter was when it was 14-10 Denver. KC got the ball, drove down, and they tried a fake field goal instead of a 47-yard to try a fake field goal with Louis Aguiar running the ball, <laughs> which was not a good idea. Uh, he didn't get it, and I remember that immediately thinking, like, Schottenheimer, Marty Schottenheimer might have screwed it up again. Um, the Broncos punted, and the Chiefs got the ball back, and they punted, and then it was kind of like just, again, moving the ball, punt, moving the ball, punt. And Denver ends up putting the ball back to KC. Um, with four minutes and four seconds left. Um, and Casey methodically moved the ball down the field, burned you know timeouts that they shouldn't have burned. Um, and it was really bad clock management. Throwing the ball in the middle of the field with no timeouts, so I'm not getting out of bounds, and finally set up a fourth and two um, at the Denver 20 when um, Gerback had to throw deep, actually goes for the end zone. Um, and it gets knocked away by Darian Gordon in the end zone with another Bronco. I think it was that water uh, right over there, too. And the Broncos um, sealed the victory um, with a 14-10 victory. Um, I remember being just so excited. Um, I remember being just, you know, almost like exhausted from the game because that's how intense the game was. It was really, really intense. You had the storylines. NBC played up the Elway versus Schottenheimer angle. You played the Schottenheimer looking for his first championship angle. You played They played the Elway angle. The Broncos, the rivalry with the Chiefs, heavyweight battle, AFC teams going after it, top two teams in the AFC. And it really was like, 
an exhilarating game, an exciting game, but a most like emotionally draining game to get through. Um, when the Broncos won that game and they were going back to the AFC Championship, they were going back to Pittsburgh. So they had knocked off KC, knocked off Jacksonville, and here comes Pittsburgh, another revenge game. Um, and the Steelers, like I said, on that Saturday before the Broncos beat KC, the Steelers were not impressive when they beat the Patriots, not at all. Um, and Denver, again, played really well in, in the first half at Pittsburgh late in the season. They were up 21-7 then fell apart. Um, and and as they won, the focus shifted to, you know, maybe this is the year Elway gets back to the Super Bowl. Again, this team is really good. Um, can they get their revenge? And I remember thinking to myself, like, wait a minute. Like, we just went into Kansas City and beat Kansas City. Why not get this team go into Pittsburgh and beat the Steelers? So that set up the next week. Again, the same thing. I was home all week. I had stopped working at the liquor store by my parents' house. I was just sitting around all day, reading the newspaper, going on the internet, listening to sports talk radio, and just kind of, as the week going on, building and building and building. The intensity, like a playoff week is for a fan. You know, you just, you you think about the game in every angle. And I kept thinking about the fact that I really liked the Broncos' chances, even in Pittsburgh. Especially the way that the Steelers played the Patriots. And I wasn't impressed at all with what they did the week before. So here comes Denver. Um, the Steelers ended up as a one-point favorite when all is said and done. They played the early game on Championship Sunday. Back then, the early game was at 12.30, 1 o'clock. The late game was at 4. So Green Bay was at San Francisco at 4. The Broncos were playing the early game against Pittsburgh. Um, all week, I just kept thinking about the game. And I was I had like a quiet confidence going into it. Um, on that Sunday, you know, my my I had to go back to college for, on that Sunday because we started classes on Monday. The semester started on Monday. So as I said, um, so I'm heading back to college, and on that Monday after the AFC championship game, so. Um, a friend of mine who I roomed with, who I also went to high school with, we lived together our freshman year at Sacred Heart, and he um, and his dad and his family were going to move us back up in that morning, so we'd get up there before the game um, at 12.30, so I got up there about 10 o'clock in the morning, settled into our room, um, and then we started watching the AC Championship game with, like, nobody on campus. We were the only people there. Uh, a lot of people moved in later. Um, and again, you know, it was, you know, that when you're at the, that point of these games as a fan in the NFL, you get down to the, um, you know, you're just, your heart's in your throat. You can't stop thinking about the game. When it starts, you're just, like, so um, nervous and excited. It's a combination of everything. Um, and I remember, like, the third play of the game, Elway got picked off by LeBron Kirkland. And you're like, oh, man, here we go. Um, Kirkland um, picks off Elway, but then the, the Steelers ended up missing a field goal. And Denver came down and scored on that next drive. Terrell Davis broke a big run and then scored an eight-yard run. And 7 nothing. You're feeling, okay, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, the confidence level was high. I was like, okay, this is this might be our day. Um, the Steelers came back with two touchdowns to make it 14-7 right away. Um, and then it was like, oh, man. There was a lot of talk about Cordell Stewart being one of the top you know, young quarterbacks in the face of the league. And it was like, oh, man, here we go. 
but luckily Denver rebounded. Denver the Denver rebounded and they got back in the game in the second quarter, um, and knew they took the game over. Um, it was fourteen ten and like right before the half, two minute warning. Elway hit Howard Griffith on like a little uh, swing pass out of the backfield. Griffith took it, um, sixteen yards for a touchdown. Made seventeen fourteen. They get a three and out, and they get the ball back. And Elway goes right down the field and hits McCaffrey on a one yard touchdown pass to make it twenty four fourteen. So they scored like two touchdowns in the last two minutes. They made it twenty four fourteen. It really um, gave them that ten point lead at halftime, and then I really felt good about the team. I know you know you can't always ease up, but you really felt pretty good about it. Um, in the second half, they just forced mistake after mistake for Cordell Stewart. Um, they picked him off in the end zone on the first drive. Allen Aldridge picked him off in the end zone on the first drive of the third quarter. Then they forced a, uh, a sack, fumble, um, late in the um, in the third quarter. Um, and although the Broncos didn't score again, they kind of just kept control of the game. Um, Pittsburgh did score to make it 24-21 uh, late in the fourth quarter. Denver had the ball back, um, and they got the ball with about 2.46 left um, at their own 11. <laughs> and it set up a third and six, a famous play from that season. Third and six, Elway in the shotgun. They need a first down. And... Pittsburgh had all three timeouts left, and he hits Shannon Sharp over the middle, in the middle of the zone, 18 yards, first down. Um, and then they basically ran out the clock. Elway hit McCaffrey for a first down, and Terrell Davis broke one for 19, which kind of put the game away. And the Broncos were going to the Super Bowl for the first time since Super Bowl 24, and the first time since 1989. Um, at that point, Elway became the sentimental favorite outside of Pittsburgh, uh, maybe outside of like a you know, Rangers fan or Chiefs fan, pretty much everybody was rooting for Elway to get back to the Super Bowl. It was the best possible story. I think everybody realized that the Broncos were the best team. They completely, in the AFC, they completely deserved to win this game. They were the better team in Pittsburgh. Um, and it was, it was, it was just one of those, like, you can't believe it moments. Like, I could not believe that the Broncos were going back to the Super Bowl. They were, I was in fifth grade in Super Bowl 24, 1989 season, when they went there and lost to the Niners, and now I'm a freshman in college. In January 1998, um, the cool thing was, as the game wound down, as they won, um, people from home were calling me, obviously family and friends, but people from home calling me to congratulate me, people from the dorms, as everyone started moving back into the dorms, started congratulating me, I started celebrating and I don't even remember really watching or paying attention much to the NFC Championship game. I had the game on in my room with my roommates, but was just kind of like recapping the Bronco game, talking to friends about it, um, thinking about the Super Bowl, thinking about Elway going back, watching highlights online, not really paying attention to the NFC title game. Um, and when the, I think I remember I rooted for the Niners because I felt like the Packers were the better team, obviously as the defending champs, and uh, when the Packers won, I was like, all right, here we go, and really, that was the best matchup, the Packers, Broncos was the best possible matchup, but it took me about a few days to really sink in that the Broncos were going back to the Super Bowl, um, it was just an awesome, awesome feeling, so here we go, we're back to the Super Bowl, which was the fourth Super Bowl in my lifetime, as a Broncos fan, went to the mall, 
couple days later, bought all the AFC Championship stuff I could, hats, t-shirts, whatever, and then started settling in for the Super Bowl. Um, I don't remember, you know, I remember too much about the, the Super Bowl weeks. I remember just, you know, listening to, to the sports radio as much as I can, watching ESPN as much as I can, just kind of soaking it all in, buying, you know, getting to the USA Today, all the papers all week, the previews, everything. The one thing I do remember about the Super Bowl, from a personal perspective, being up at school, and I didn't go back home, I stayed home to, stayed up at school to watch the Super Bowl, was the fact that, I remember the night before, I didn't want to go out and party too much, I didn't want to drink too much, I wanted to be, you know, as much on my game as you can, but I remember I used to always stay up in prior Super Bowls and watch the Super Bowl highlights on ESPN, they used to run the highlights all the old Super Bowls, the NFL films ones, over and over again, the night before the Super Bowl, now NFL Network does it in a week, I think the weekend before the Super Bowl, in between the bye weeks of the championship games of the Super Bowl, but ESPN used to do it the night before, and I remember just staying up, I didn't drink a lot, just tried to soak it all in, read as many articles as I could in my dorm room, and then go out, just watching Super Bowl highlights and thinking like, I can't believe tomorrow. You know, they're going to be in the Super Bowl again. It was just an amazing feeling. I, I do remember as the week went on being a little bit more confident than I than, you know, than I think a lot of people um, maybe thought about the Broncos' chances. I was confident. I knew they were a good team. I just couldn't get the pass where I could not see Brett Favre and the Packers losing. I thought it would be a good game. I thought it was going to be a closer game than people maybe expect. I thought the Broncos would play well. I didn't think they were going to get blown out. I just didn't think they were going to beat Far. Far was the best QB on the planet at that time. He was the reigning MVP. The Packers were defending champions. And the other thing about this game was the whole NFC-AFC thing really stood over and hung over this game. The AFC lost 13 straight games. Barely any many of the teams were even in the games. The Packers were an 11-point favorite. I think if you took that game and moved it to 2020, the Packers would not be an 11-point favorite. All the advanced metrics and everything else, there's no way. They'd be an 11-point favorite, and they were. So I think that, you know, there was a lot of confidence in, in, in the Broncos, but not nationally. You know, I think a lot of people thought, that the Broncos were maybe in trouble. Um, when you look at the stats, you look at the metrics, look at everything else, the Broncos, you know, there's no way they should have been 11 point on the dog. I think that whole NFC, AFC thing, it actually mattered back then. It doesn't really matter now, but the 13 wins in a row really mattered. So here comes Green Bay, defending champs, MVP and Favre against John Elway, the sentimental favorite. Can he win the ring? Uh, with his supporting cast, that's probably the best he's ever had. Heading into a Super Bowl with a quiet, confident team. And um, I just remember being, you know, like just so nervous. I remember the morning of the Super Bowl going to church. We had an on-campus um, uh, church. And they, they remember going to Mass on campus. And the priest was a really nice guy. Uh, his name was Father Mike. And he was like the reigning priest at Sacred Heart. They would do the Masses for all the students. I remember I waited after mass was over to shake his hand. He would shake his hand. He would shake the hands of all the students on the way out every mass. And I waited to be the last one, and I asked him if he could somehow, and I was dead serious, if he could somehow say an extra prayer 
to hope that the Broncos can uh, win the Super Bowl. And he did. He totally bought into it. And he was like, absolutely. I have family from Colorado, so it's taken care of. I was like, you know what? I'm putting God on my side. I remember it was like the longest day waiting. Uh, and then finally they kicked off. Again, just you're, you're so excited. Hearts racing. You're into the Super Bowl. Um, I didn't drink during that game. I was very focused on it. Uh, select small number of people in the dorm room to watch it. We had gotten a big TV from our um, the guy that lived down the hall that transferred to another school in between the break, and he let us take his TV, which was huge. And we watched the game. And I remember when it started, I was like soaking it all up. And then it started, and it started just like every other disaster Super Bowl the Broncos had. Um, Packers went right down the field, scored a touchdown. On the first drive of the game, far pit Antonio Freeman for 22 yards. And it was 7 nothing. It was like, oh, my God. Here we go. They're going to get blown out. Like, this is so bad. But they didn't. Um, they came right back down the field. They ran the ball right down the Packers' throat. And they had a touchdown run by Terrell Davis. Made it one, um, a one-yard touchdown to make it 7-7. You're like, all right, we got a game. I mean, that was the one thing I felt like. We got a game. You know, okay, maybe we could play with these guys. Um, and they could. Then the game turned in Denver's favor big time because the Broncos were able to get to Favre, um, and they force an interception on the next drive. He rushes the throw because of the rush, the pass rush, and he gets picked off by Tyrone Braxton. Broncos, boom, Terrell Davis. They just could not stop Davis, and they get inside the five. And... Davis had gotten hurt. This is a famous story where Davis got hurt with the, with the migraine. Got in the head. The migraine kicked in. Second quarter starts. They put Davis back in the game, but they fake it to him. And Elway runs to a bootleg for a one-yard touchdown. It's 14-7. Um, and you're like, all right, man, now we got the lead. We got a little momentum here. Here we go. Next series, Steve Hatwater blitzes. Packers don't pick it up. Favre gets crushed by Hatwater. He fumbles. Broncos recover. But the David, Terrell Davis is not back in the game, and the offense sputters a little bit, and they have to settle for a 51-yard field goal from Elam, Jason Elam, at 17-7. But again, we got a 10-point lead. We're rolling. I mean, it was just like, holy crap, we might, you know, we're playing well. This is exactly what we needed. You know, nobody really got to Favre. Nobody really rattled Favre that much that season. And here we go. We got two turnovers, 17-7. Of course, Favre settles down. They drives the Packers late in the half. Hits Mark Shamor for a touchdown at 17-14. But again, this is just a classic back and forth. You're in the Broncos at halftime. They're in the game. They're not blown out. This isn't the Washington Super Bowl. This isn't the Super Bowl against the Niners. We're in the game. 17-14. We're leaning. First series of third quarter, Terrell Davis fumbles as he comes back from the migraine. Um, Packers tie it up. 17-17 on a field goal kind of game kind of goes back and forth it's kind of a chess match and then late third I remember John Elway kind of finally got going he never really had a big throw in the game and he finally hit a deep seam to Ed McCaffrey um, and that set up probably one of the most famous plays in Super Bowl history uh, the third and six from deep inside um, ter- uh, Green Bay territory Elway scrambles dives for the first down right at the pylon I mean right at the first down marker with three Packers coming in on him and he kind of does the helicopter where he flips around Gets the first down, moves his chains, and then the Broncos finish off the drive with Terrell Davis. One-yard touchdown to make it 24-17 late in the third. At that moment, 
when Elway pulled that playoff. That's really when I felt for the first time that I think they could really, really win this game. I was being cautious throughout the day. I felt good at points in the game, but it was like, just like, no, they're not, you know, something's going to happen. At that moment, I was like, this might be our moment. This might be the year. Actually, what happened after that was crazy because the Packers fumbled the return, the kick return. Denver recovered, and on the next play, they went for the the kill shot, and Elway got intercepted in the end zone by Eugene Robinson. So he had this emotion of like, oh my God, we could put this, take a two-touchdown lead, or take, you know, at least get a 10-point lead heading into the fourth quarter because it was late in the third. And Elway got picked off. I was like, oh man, this is going to kill him. If they lose this game, he'll never let this part down. Packers go down the field. Antonio Freeman touchdown pass from Favre. And now it's 24-24. And we got like just, this is just the classic Super Bowl. I mean, after so many years of just bad games, especially with the NFC dominance in those 13 years and that 13-game winning streak. I mean, we got a good Super Bowl. 24-24. Broncos got a chance. Here we go. They're not going to get blown out. Um, and they ended up getting the ball back. And Favre made a couple bad throws in that fourth quarter that he didn't make throughout the year. A couple drops, but a couple not great. wasn't perfect like he normally was all season. And they got the ball back, and they had plenty of time. And I remember they got a big face mask on Terrell Davis, and they got a big pass from Elway to Howard Griffith. And Ed McCaffrey makes a sick block, blindside block, and lets Griffith rumble down deep into Green Bay territory late in the fourth quarter. They get a big run by Davis down to the one, and then they give the ball to Davis again, and he walks in the end zone on a play that later on the Packers admitted that they actually let Davis score, so they get the ball back. So they get the ball back. It's 31-24 Denver. The entire history and legacy of the Broncos is on the line. There's a minute 39 left at their own 30. You got Brett Favre, down seven, the MVP of the league. Um trying to stop John Elway from getting his first ever Super Bowl. And I'll never forget. It. I was like, I couldn't even, I couldn't even stand. I paced the whole game. Like, I couldn't even take it. Like, oh, man, here we go. I can't believe it's going to come down to this. You know, Favre drives them to the 31 of uh, Denver with about 42 seconds left. And he missed Antonio Freeman over the middle. Throw the bomb on third and six to Robert Brooks in between two guys actually at water Ray Crockett like knock each other out. Hilliard, Crockett, Atwater all collide together with Brooks in the middle. They all like get knocked out. And now it's fourth and six with thirty two seconds left, and the entire you know season comes down to this. The Super Bowl comes down to this, and that's when Favre got blitz all out blitz by the Broncos, and John Mobley knocks the pass down over the middle. And the Broncos won, and I can't even just tell you the excitement, just jumping, screaming, going crazy. Everything you put into as a fan of a team um, is about paying off to see them win a championship. And they did it, and the Broncos finally did it after all the years of watching them lose and crying growing up in the 80s and the frustration of not getting back there for a long time and getting blown out and... Everything about Elway being, you know, the, one of the best quarterbacks ever to play, but doesn't have the ring, and he'll never, his career never be fulfilled if he doesn't win a Super Bowl. To finally see the Broncos win that game and win a Super Bowl, 
is the greatest. It's still better. It's still the best feeling ever. Um, it's it's something you, you just can't describe. It was just amazing. And being you know 18 years old and watching it as a freshman in college and being old enough to understand everything and have that little bit of history as a kid of growing up, not just a Broncos fan, but an Elway diehard and defending Elway all those years when he was a great quarterback. And the only reason why the Broncos would get anywhere is because of him. For him to win and for the Broncos to win, it was just unbelievable. I'll never forget. My friends called me right away, and I was like, guys, let me call you when the game's over. I just got to let me soak this all in. And they took that kneel down. I mean, tears in your eyes. Everything you care for as a fan right there. Elway gets lifted up on the on the shoulders of his teammates. Um, they bring out the Vince Lombardi Trophy, and Pat Bowen says the famous this one's for John. He gives it to Elway. He's got tears in his eyes. I got tears in my eyes. Um, I'll never forget. I spent the whole game just being called by family and friends and getting congratulated friends from home, friends I hadn't talked to in years. People writing me emails like, hey, man, I haven't seen you since high school. And um, I just want to say I was thinking about you when I saw the Broncos win. Um you know, talking to my dad all night, talking to my friends, my family, my sister, my parents, my aunts, uncles, everybody calling me. It was just an awesome, awesome feeling. I didn't go to bed that night. I stayed up as late as I could. Um, I don't think I went through my classes the next day. I celebrated a little bit, not too much, because I really just wanted to enjoy it and soak it all in. I watched every Sports Center highlight, prime time, Chris Berman and Tom Jackson. Uh, I went on the Denver Post, ESPN.com, everything. The next morning I got up and grabbed the USA Today, told my mom to save all the papers at home. She even put a Broncos banner that was in my bedroom. When I was in high school, she put it out inside in front of the house. It was pretty, pretty special. Um, it was a great game. It was a great moment for the Broncos. It was a great Super Bowl. They were the underdog. They pulled off the upset. They ended the 13-game winning streak by the Packers. Um, it was just an amazing thing. It, it was something you never forget um, as a fan. And it was just like I said, it just I soaked it all in. I enjoyed every moment of it. I ordered my hat, my T-shirt, everything. It was just it was pretty special. And you know, like I said, when you follow a team, that's why you follow a team. That's why you care about a team. And for me, it was just like the culmination of all those years of you know wearing the Elway jersey and getting the Bronco stuff and wearing the Bronco stuff and watching the games and staying up late. And, getting pissed off and crying when they lose and, you know, getting excited. And is this the year they're going to win it? And after the disappointment in 96, thinking that I would never see Elway and the Broncos ever win a Super Bowl to finally see them do it in 97, Super Bowl 32. It was just, it was just an amazing. It was a great game. It was a great setting. It's my favorite championship of the Broncos of the three. It's a great Super Bowl. I could watch it a million times. Every time I've seen it, I get locked into it. And it's a great game. It's a great setting. Um... And it's something you'll never forget. And that's why you watch sports. And that's why you follow a team. And that's why I kind of wanted to do this podcast. To go back to those memories. To go back to those moments. I mean, there was a period of time for like the next two years at least. I was home from college. Or if I was at school. I was like bored. Or like had nothing to do. Or come home a little drunk and like have nothing to watch. I'd throw the game in and watch it. I loved it. I watched it as many times as I can. You know, I got like the Broncos highlight video that year. Watched that one. Um, but it's a special moment, special game, and um, something that is the reason why you get into, you know, why you watch sports, why you care about sports, and why you care about a team, and to see my guy, Elway, my favorite player, all-time favorite player, 
finally win that Super Bowl and kind of validate everything he did in his career. It's special. And uh, that's what it's all about, going back and um, being a ch- taking a chance with this podcast to relive those memories. And hopefully you'll be able to kind of think about where you were, what you were thinking and how it was at that time um, when the uh, Broncos won their first Super Bowl. The 1997 Broncos, Super Bowl 32 champions over the Green Bay Packers. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I look forward to some more down the road. Take care.